Well, good morning. Happy New Year. That was very tired. That was very unenthusiastic. Happy New Year. Yeah, that's awesome. It was just so great to be with you uh, this morning singing together. What a great way to start off the new year, um, worshiping God together and singing truth together. And uh, it's going to be a good year. God's going to do good stuff. Uh, my name's Kevin Norcross. I'm the pastor of Next Generation and Outreach. And uh, I'm excited to jump back into the book of Mark today. Um, and I guarantee this is going to be the best sermon you're going to hear all year. No. Yeah, so far. I messed up the joke. Come on. <laughs> I actually preached last year, January 2nd, and so I got to recycle that joke. So yeah, the best year you've, best sermon you heard all year. But we're going to be looking at uh, Mark chapter 4, 35 to 41. You can turn there now. We're going to read it in a second. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. So the title of my message today is Be Still. And I got some props up here. We're going to be looking at uh, Jesus when he was out in the boat and calms a storm. Um, I wanted to get a big canoe. It would be much cooler than this. But I dug this out of my garage and it's losing air. So I hope it survives the whole message today. But, um, you know, this cold weather that we're having, not the last few days, but last week, makes me long for summer. Me and my family, we love the summer. We love the heat. Um, one of our favorite things to do as a family, well, my favorite thing, I drag the kids along, is to go fishing. Um, this was my first boat that I ever bought, and now we have a bit bigger one that fits the family. We love to get out on the water. We love to go fishing. We love to uh, go tubing. Uh, we don't catch very many fish, so this Christmas, Kylie and I bought new fishing rods. We're hoping that that helps. Um, but we just enjoy being on the water. The thing about being on the water, we usually go to Lake St. Clair, which is a very big lake, is you have to watch the weather. If it's too windy um, and the waves are too big, it is no fun at all. You get seasick, you feel gross, you feel nasty. So in the summer, I have like five different weather apps and I watch the weather. And if a day off lines up with good weather, we, we head out to Lake St. Clair and, and wash our lures. That's a term for catching no fish. But when the waves come and you're out there on that boat, it is no fun at all. It is no fun at all. You feel, you feel sick. Uh, at the end of the day, you still feel yourself moving. And the disciples in this story were out on the boat and they faced this crazy experience. They faced this crazy storm and they were scared and they were worried. So with that as the backdrop, I'd invite you to stand. We're going to read Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. And we're going to learn some good stuff today. Here's what it says. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. When the wind died down and it was completely calm, he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Then they were, uh, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Awesome, you may be seated. And I'm gonna pray for us. God, I ask that you would help us today. 
Help us to learn from your word. God, I pray for each person today that they would be able to walk away with a changed heart, with something that they learned from scripture. So help us to learn today. Help us to focus. And we invite your presence to, to teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we want to learn as much as we can from the disciples today who are in this boat. The boat uh, in comparison is our life, our emotions, our body, our world around us, our dreams and aspirations. The lake is our surroundings, the things that are happening around us in society or within our family or, or friends. The storm represents our difficulties, our struggles, um, and our life experiences. And the disciples were, were in the boat, and they represent us. So there's lessons that we can learn from the disciples and apply to our own lives our own lives. So if you're taking notes, um, there's some blanks to fill in there. The first one to fill in, we're going to learn about their obedience. Their obedience. Verse 35 to 36. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were other boats with him. So their obedience, the disciples were willing to get into the boat with Jesus. And they were willing to go to the other side of the lake. They were willing to go wherever Jesus wanted them to go. And they obeyed, imme they obeyed immediately. Immediately they were willing to do what, they told, what God told them to do. Jesus is telling them, let's go over to the other side. And God is telling you today, let's go. Let's go over to the other side. Go deeper in your walk with Christ. Pursue God every single day. Follow him where he's leading you each and every day. Don't be satisfied with where you're at on the shore, but get into the boat and say, God, lead me and do what you want in my life. There's something more for you. Resist the, the pressure and the temptation to stay complacent and stay on the shore, but get in the boat and trust God. You see, there's a parallel between the disciples getting in the boat and you walking in obedience to God every single day. It's a decision when you wake up each and every day. God, I'm getting in the boat. God, I want to serve you. God, I want to honor you. God, I want to give you everything I've got. And uh, for each of you, God has new, fresh things to learn and to grow in this year. But the temptation is to stay on the shore. The shore is safe. There's no waves. The waves don't affect you on the shore. But don't fall into that temptation and watch others get in the boat because you're going to miss out on what God has for you. Don't let fear prevent you from pursuing God. Don't miss out on awesome experiences with God just so that you can stay on the shore where you think it's safe. Now you're like, hold on uh, there, Kevin. You, you said they're about to face a storm and, and they were scared. If you stay on the shore, you might miss the storm, but you're also going to miss the learning opportunities. You're also going to miss opportunities to grow your faith. You're also going to miss opportunities to be close to Jesus. So don't stay on the shore. Go on the boat. Go on the boat. It's worth going deeper. As you pursue Christ, there will be storms. Difficulties will come, but there is peace within the storm. So the second lesson we're going to learn, the first one was their obedience. The second one was their storm. Verse 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was swamped. So they were out in the middle 
of a storm. When you're out on the, on the Great Lakes in your boat, sometimes you can see a storm coming because you can see very far off. And it's, it's nerve-wracking. You don't want to be out on that water in a fierce storm. I think the, the windstorm we had a couple weeks ago, they were guessing there would be 30-foot waves. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the, the houses just covered in ice. You don't want to be out on the, uh, on the water in that kind of weather. But the disciples were right in the middle of this storm. And the storm was a direct result of their obedience. Sometimes, Christ followers, when you step out in obedience to God and do what he calls you to do, trouble comes, persecution comes, difficulty comes. That doesn't mean you made the wrong decision. Sometimes you face that and their storm was a direct result of them getting in the, in the boat and following Jesus. If they refused to get in the boat, then they would not have experienced the storms. Not every storm that comes is a result of your obedience to God, but sometimes they do line up. They can come from different forms, but the point is that the storm is meant to stop you. The storm is meant to uh, cripple you with fear. The storm is meant to, uh, the enemy wants you to think that the circumstance or the situation or the difficulty that you're facing is bigger than God, bigger than God but it's not. Sometimes it feels in life that, that the waves of this world, the waves of your, your struggles the, it, it is coming in and you feel like you're sinking. But understand that do not abandon ship and bail on this. Keep in the boat. And scripture reminds us that everything is going to be okay because Jesus is in the boat. They were on the surface looking at the difficulty, looking at the waves. What are we going to do? Panicking. Jesus was in the boat. Today's big idea is you can be still because Jesus is in the boat. You can be still and calm and have peace because Jesus is in the boat. Within the storm, you have a choice. You can allow fear to disable you or you can let peace overwhelm you. In life, when tough times come, you and I need to anchor deep in our faith in Jesus Christ and hold on to Jesus through the storm. Some of you have gone through incredibly difficult things in your life. And I could never understand how tough that must have been. Some of you are in the middle of a very difficult storm right now. Perhaps this year, we don't know what's coming. Perhaps you will face a storm this year. But take hold of the, of, of the peace of the fact that Jesus is in the boat and everything is going to be okay. The next thing we learn from the disciples... Uh, is their faith. Verse 38 says, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Um, turn to the person beside you and tell them, are you a heavy sleeper or a light sleeper? Tell them if you, you sleep through anything or you're just a super light sleeper. I did that because some people were actually sleeping and I wanted to wake everybody up. <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus in the middle of this crazy storm? The disciples are freaking out, running around like crazy, and Jesus is sleeping. Sometimes in your, in your storm, it might feel like Jesus is asleep and unavailable and doesn't care, 
But that's not true. The devil will lie to you and make you think that God doesn't care. But remember this promise in Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God cares what you're going through. He cares about your needs. He cares about your pain. And he has the power to help you. And he is in the boat. Jesus might have been sleeping, but his heart was awake. God cares deeply about your pain, whether you feel that God cares or not. He cares. God cares deeply what you're going through. He cares about your thoughts. He cares about how you feel about yourself. He cares about your tough situation at home. He cares about your insecurities. He cares about your issues. No matter how bad the storm gets, you need to have faith that things are going to be okay. Faith that things are going to be okay. No matter how bad it gets, remember, Jesus is in the boat and you can be still. And this assurance is not wishy-washy. This is something that you can bank on even in the midst of the storm. Never, God never promised that, that this world of following Christ would be this huge party all the time and happiness. When you give your life to him, but he does promise that he will be in the boat and he will comfort you through whatever you have to face, good or bad. Isn't that something amazing that we can bank on as Christ followers, that Jesus is in the boat? The next thing we learn from the disciples is their, their prayer. We're going to spend a lot of time on this one. Their prayer. Verse 38. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Remember, the storm is coming. The waves are coming in over the edge. Uh, the disciples are frantic. They're running around. They don't know what to do. Jesus is in the, in the bottom of the boat sleeping. They couldn't handle the stress of it all. And so they go down and they woke Jesus up. I'm really proud of those disciples because sometimes in that moment, you're tempted to abandon ship, to bail. Give me, give me my life jacket, I'm out of here. But they didn't. They went down and they prayed. They talked to Jesus. They woke him up. I encourage you, if you feel uh, beat up and tired in your faith, in your journey with Christ, you feel like uh, there might be something better out there and you feel like abandoning ship, please don't abandon ship. Please don't bail on, on what God's doing in your life, but reach out to him and cry out to Jesus. And the cries of the disciples were heard by Jesus. You need to remember in those moments of despair and difficulty, when you cry out to God, he hears you. In times of need, church, don't go silent. Cry out to God. God, help me. There's nothing weak about crying out to God for help. That shows you're a strong Christian. Don't let your voice go, go silent. Call out to God for help. And how do we do that? We do that through prayer. Prayer is something more important than you or me can understand. It's bigger and more powerful than we could ever fathom. Prayer is, is a tool. It's a tool that God's put in our hands. This morning I brought this axe and this piece of wood. This is, a, this is a tool that I would use to chop that piece of wood. I'm not gonna do it. You're like scared. You're like, I'm gonna get a piece of wood in my eye. It's a tool that you use. And if somebody gave me this tool and said, Kevin, I want you to chop that, that piece of wood, they would tell me this, this tool is important. They'd say it's vital. They would say, tree cutters all around the world use this tool to chop wood. 
It's the key to splitting wood. So here you go, Kevin, chop the wood. I would say, I have no idea how to use it, but I would trust the person that gave it to me. They would teach me how to sharpen it. They would teach me how to use it. And I would just, I'm not going to do it. I would just start. I would practice. I would mess up a few times. I'd probably jam my finger. I'd probably fumble my way through it, but I would learn how to use this ax. The more I used it, the more I sharpened it, the more I practiced it, the better I would get. And that's very similar to prayer. You have this tool of prayer. And as a Christ follower, you need to practice using it. You need to sharpen it. You need to ask others, hey, how do you use it? How do I get better at prayer? Don't let this tool of prayer just sit in your garage and get rusty like, like my axe. But use it and get better at it. So I'm the first to admit that this tool of prayer is something that I struggle with. We all struggle with it. I don't pray as much as I should. I try, I have, I have a routine, but of course I could pray more. But I'm reminded today that, that prayer is, in, is important and it's vital. And I hope you're reminded today that it's important and vital. God's given us this tool of prayer and, and the, uh, the, the benefits of it are endless. I'll share one experience I had growing up as a young man. I, uh, I volunteered at a church. I was their junior high pastor. I was still in Bible college. And this, uh, uh, this church, this pastor that I volunteered for, worked for, said, I want, we believe that God wants to do great things at our church. Now, this is their story. I'm not saying this is what we need to do at West Park. But what he said is, guys, we're going to pray three hours a day. We're going to get here at 9 o'clock in the morning, go in the auditorium. We're going to pray from 9 till 12, and then we're going to work like crazy from 12 till 5. And as a young Christ follower, I was like, what? <laughs> How am I going to pray for three hours? That is crazy. But as I learned, as I picked up the tool and practiced it, I got better and better and better at it. And it was a really neat experience for me in my life. I challenge you, start small with practicing prayer and using prayer as a tool. Don't feel overwhelmed by it, but refuse to let that tool go um, unused. You and I were created for relationship with God, and prayer is our way to do that. God is desperate for relationship with you, so talk to him, hear from him, and, uh, and prayer is this lifelong opportunity that we have. It's not an obligation, it's a privilege. It's an opportunity that we get to have. It's this incredible opportunity to have conversation with Almighty God. And the more you discover how amazing prayer is, the more you, you get better at it and you develop it. And it's, it, uh, it's something that you can use for the rest of your life. I'm going to give you a bunch of uh, practical reasons why prayer is important. There's no space in there for your notes, so you can just kind of scribble it on the side. First of all, when you pray, uh, you're encouraged through prayer. There's no one else, no other situation where you can totally be yourself with. God knows you inside and out. He knows all your secrets and you can be totally vulnerable and transparent with him and just throw everything out there and no worry of getting hurt. You may have friends that you can uh, talk to and that you really trust, but there's always that risk factor of what they're going to do with that information. With God, you can be encouraged because he um, is very trustworthy. He's always got your back and he will encourage you and pour into you. So number one, encouraged through prayer. Number two, strengthened through prayer. 
You're able to grow in relationship with God and become more dependent on him and he will strengthen you. As you pour out your heart to him and you tell him what's going on, his strength will fill you up and make a difference. If you ever feel weak, tired, or afraid, talk to God and say, God, strengthen me. Next one is your needs are met. Your needs are met through prayer. You have needs in this life and you need to bring them before God. The Bible teaches us to ask God for things. He provides for our needs. Take that opportunity to pour out your heart and say, God, this is what I've got going on. Please help me. James 4 verse 2, you do not have because you do not ask. Ask God for things. He might not answer your prayer the way you think he should, but he hears your prayer and, uh, and he will meet your needs. Remember, Jesus is in the boat and he hears you. The next one, your faith grows through prayer. As you build relationship with God and become more dependent on him, your faith is built. Your faith in him grows and your life will change. He is so awesome and he loves you so much. And the more you get to know him, the more you will see him at work in your life and your faith will grow. A couple more. Your trust grows through prayer. Prayer is something that builds trust. As you pour out your heart to God, you leave the outcome up to him. God, this is what I'm going through, but I leave it up to you and you trust him. You're able to trust God because you know that he knows what's best for you. Totally trusting God that he is in control. What a blessing that is. A couple more. Your perspective changes through prayer. As you live in relationship with God and you begin to see him at work in your life, you'll find out that praying that his will be done in your life rather than your will be done in your life changes your perspective. When you pray scripture, that changes your perspective. That impacts you. 1 John 5.14 teaches us that we must pray according to his will. As you understand scripture more and more, and as you pray scripture more and more, your perspective changes. I was talking to a friend last night. He's very young on his faith journey. And he was saying, I'm learning that short-term, uh, that short-term bad choices lead to long-term difficulty. And he's like, but making right choices leads to long-term gain. And he's like, I spent most of my life living the other way and I'm really enjoying my relationship with Christ living it this way. Now his perspective on life is different because it is aligning with scripture. Isn't that cool? As you do this, as you pray scripture, your perspective will change. It doesn't happen overnight, but it comes from a lifestyle of daily prayer. Next one, you are cleansed through prayer. It's awesome. Every time you come before God in prayer, you're confronted with his holiness. You're confronted with a holy God and you are cleansed through prayer. God continuously cleanses you and that is so awesome. The more time you spend with him, the more impact he has. I remember growing up, I, uh, I wasn't very good at it, but I started playing volleyball. And at my church, we had a volleyball player there who was on the uh, Canadian Olympic team. And he would run this program uh, during the week with a bunch of teenagers, and he would teach us this stuff. And to watch him play volleyball was crazy. He could jump so high, he could hit the ball so well. Being around him made me a better volleyball player. When you spend time with Jesus, it makes you a better Christ follower. It makes you a better person. It cleanses you. 
John 1 verse, uh, 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and righteous to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You are humbled through prayer. As you continuously show your dependence on God and you come before him in prayer every day, you are humbled through prayer. You will discover your dependence upon him. James 4, verse 6, God opposes, opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. As you spend time in prayer, don't approach God with uh, uh, arrogance. Approach him with humility. So in all these things, I encourage you to use this tool that God's given you of prayer. Too many people turn to the things of this world for answers first rather than to Jesus first. So I challenge you, Jesus first, Google second. If you got to fix a light bulb or, no, you don't fix a light bulb. If you got to fix something in your house, you can do Google. But do you know what I mean? Don't look to the world for answers right away. Go to God and say, God, please, please help me. Seek him first. When the storm is too big and you're feeling overwhelmed, pray. Get on your face and call out to God. Seek him until you find him. Don't let your voice go silent. Some of you may be at the end of your rope, but you're not at the end of your faith. Don't be silent in times of need, but pray and be vulnerable to God. Remember that Jesus is in the boat and he cares for you deeply. So we've learned a lot of things from the disciples today. Their obedience, their storm, their faith, their prayer. We spent a lot of time focusing on prayer. But a couple more things before we wrap up. The next part of this story is their miracle. Verse 39 to 41, he got up, <clears throat> rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Can you imagine being in this scenario? You're freaking out because of the wind and the waves and Jesus speaks and things go, can you imagine being there? I was telling my two youngest girls, Ava and Caroline, what I was, why I was bringing a, a boat to church and explained what I was teaching on. And Caroline said, Dad, when you say Jesus calms a storm, do this and be very calm with your voice. <laughs> Jesus calmed the storm. So there, Caroline, I was obedient. I, I did what I was told. But instantly in that moment, everything stopped. The chaos stopped. The wind died down. The waves stopped. That remind you today, uh, Jesus cares about the wind and the waves. He cares about this lake and this boat. How much more does he care about your situation? How much more does he care about your needs? How much more does he care about what you're going through? When Jesus Christ spoke to that situation, it went calm. When our God, our Lord Jesus Christ, speaks to your situation, he has the power to calm the storm. Just like he spoke to the waves, peace comes. Despite whether he answers your prayer the way you want him to or not, peace comes. Whether the physical waves stop or the storm stops, your heart can settle. You can be still. So today I want to encourage you. There is peace for you today 
in your life and in your storm. Peace that passes understanding. Peace that calms the storm. Peace that makes the waves stop. Peace that takes away fear. Peace that calms emotions. Peace that settles anxiety. Peace that helps you think clearly and not lose hope and lose perspective. Peace that calms and settles a frantic, overwhelmed mind, emotions, thoughts, and feelings. That peace that comes from remembering that Jesus is in the boat. Everything changes when we remember Jesus is in the boat. Everything changes when Jesus speaks. You can endure obstacles because Jesus is in the boat. It's time, church, to live different because Jesus is in the boat. Live every day with that reminder that Jesus is in the boat and God is in control. Let's do a quick review today of what we've learned and then I'm going to wrap up with one final point. We found the disciples were in this boat out of their obedience to God. They faced this crazy storm. We were reminded of the big idea today. You can be still because Jesus is in the boat. We learned about their obedience, their storm, their faith, their prayer, their miracle. One more lesson that we've learned from them today. It's not in your notes. You have to draw a little six. See if you can make it the same font and size as the five. And write in their moment. Their moment. The disciples had this realization, this God moment, this aha moment. They realized, wow, even the wind and the waves obey him. Verse 41, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Don't ever think that your situation is too big for Jesus to handle. You need to have a moment, even right now, that even the earth obeys him. If the wind and the waves obey him, then he's, more a then he's able to fix your situation. Jesus took an impossible situation and fixed it in an, in an instant. I know what you're going through is tough, and I don't want to belittle what you're going through. But Jesus is with you and there is hope. The waves were crashing and Jesus was sleeping. What is rocking your world is rocking Jesus to sleep. That's how much in control he is. It might seem overwhelming to you, but it's not overwhelming to Jesus. The thunder that is clapping and consuming your mind and making you tremble is like a lullaby to Jesus because he knows that he's in control. He knew there was no situation that, that he couldn't handle. And that peace that those disciples experienced in that storm is available to you. I pray today that you would have a moment where you're reminded that God is powerful. Jesus is in the boat. He is in control. I pray that you would have a moment where you realize that we can stand in awe of this almighty God and we can have a moment like the disciples where they said, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for scripture. We thank you today for what you've taught us. We thank you for the disciples and uh, their willingness to get into the boat. God, help us to be obedient. Help us to follow your leading each and every day. God, we think of the disciples in their storm and the difficulty that they faced. Would you help us, God, to find peace in the storm? I pray for people who are facing difficulty today that you would give them peace in the storm. 
I thank you for their faith, God. Help us to have faith, to trust you even when things are difficult. I thank you that uh, we have this tool of prayer. Help us to pull out that ax, that tool, and use it and be people of prayer. I thank you for their miracle where, where you calmed the storm. And I pray for people today that you would do a miracle in their lives. I pray that people that have breakthrough today, I pray that people who are feeling lost and hopeless would find hope in you and you would do a miracle in their lives. And God, I thank you that they had that moment, that realization. May we have that moment today where we realize that you are with us and you are strong and that you care. God, help us this year to endure whatever comes our way, to trust you that you're in the boat and find peace. In Jesus' name, amen.